I love it. Well, you are joining us today in what we call a series response service. We have, this is probably about the fourth or fifth time that we've done this where we've taken a Sunday to say, you know what, there's been a focal point for the last, in this case, last 12 weeks as we've begun uh, the book of the Gospel of John, looking at the first five or so chapters. And as we've been doing that, we just want to take some time to pause. What we can be so quick to do is just kind of check the box and keep going. And we've realized there's a real value in taking a moment to pause and just simply ask the question, God, what have you been saying to me during this series? What is it that you've been impressing upon me? And I think what's so important, and what do you want me to do with what you've been teaching me these last 12 weeks? And so that's really the goal of today. We're going to have a lot of music throughout our time. I love the fact that in these first five chapters of John, there's been a lot of baptizing. We're introduced to a, a, a narrative character, John the Baptist. And in that, we're learning about this whole importance of what baptism was before Jesus had died and rose again. And we have kind of a baptism uh, concept that moves forward in the church today. But in that, how exciting that we have some baptisms this service this morning. And so I'm excited for you to get to hear these folks' stories and get to really witness them saying in a very public way, I want to proclaim and demonstrate my faith in Jesus. So these things couldn't be more fitting, and we're just excited that we get to celebrate these things together today as a church family. So thank you so much for joining us, whether you're here in the building, I saw you guys out on the pavilion, you're looking great out there, and those of you joining us online as well. So even in those aspects of being in three different places, we're going to be, use some creativity today to be able to hear from one another. Let me give you a couple updates. This week is this... Uh, Passion Week, so Friday is our Good Friday service. Want to encourage you to join us. We'll be both indoors and outdoors with uh, a stream out on the pat patio, the pavilion. And we're just going to, again, focus around this incredible event of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And I want to keep talking about what is always, to me, attention. Why do we call it Good Friday? So join us at 7 o'clock this Friday for that time to connect together. Then Easter Sunday is a week from today. Today is Palm Sunday. You couldn't have missed it with the Palm Parade. And uh, so Easter Sunday next week, and we're doing things a little bit different for that. We're going to do, I really, really love it. This is what I call a lazy man's version of a sunrise service, right? Some of us grew up and we do this whole 5.30, 6 a.m. thing and like, why on God's green earth are we doing this? Even though Jesus rose from the dead early in the morning, I could probably celebrate a little bit later. So we're doing a 7 a.m. Uh, sunrise service outdoors, out on the lawn. Next Sunday, you don't need to bring a chair, no matter what format you're coming to. Uh, 7 a.m., only outdoors, no children's programming at that hour. It's just going to be a great time. Be a little cool, so just warm, but it'll be a great time being out on the lawn together and celebrating Jesus' resurrection. And then at 9 o'clock, we'll do a service just like this, indoors and outdoors. Our outdoor opportunity next Sunday will be on the grass. We'll just have monitors there as well for 9 o'clock and 11, and then online as well at 9 and then 11 o'clock will be indoors and outdoors as well. So just wanted to make you aware that we'd love for you to join us. It's going to be a great time just celebrating the resurrection together. And um, 
That'll be rich. One of the things that we do is, you know, we as a church are promoting things like Easter services, but there's a great way for you to do that. And on our website, if you just go up to the search bar at the top and type in social media sharing, what will pop up are three different graphics that Chris Patnox put together that you can share on your social media this week, inviting people to Easter Sunday services. So I just want to encourage you to do that. It's just a very easy way to get the word out there and inviting people from your world. You can also, I found it really powerful to text those graphics to people that you want to specifically invite as well. And it'd be great for you to save them a seat next week and join us together. Well, we have been walking through this series called Beckon, the God who invites us close. We've been talking about what is it like when Jesus consistently has these conversations, most times with individuals, and he's allowing them to kind of, he's kind of pulling back the curtain, revealing who he is, revealing the heart of the Father. And we've been so impressed throughout this series about the kinds of conversations that Jesus is having, about the way that Jesus demonstrates amazing love towards people in all types of different social settings and all types of different status levels. And it's just been powerful. We've been able to relate in lots of different ways. If you have a Bible today, I just want to encourage you to open it to John chapter 1. And I want to read something that we looked at early in our time together in this series. But to me is really the essence of our prompt of where we're going today and what we're going to be kind of sharing and responding to. And it's in John chapter 1 verse 38. It says, turning around, Jesus saw them. The them were two of John the baptizer's followers or disciples. Jesus turns around and saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39, come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. We looked at this passage a few weeks ago and we talked about it seems a little bit odd or even abrupt, you know, if we read it with the tone, what do you want? (laughs) You know, when Jesus sees these guys following him, but we realize that's not the tone at all. But what we've seen demonstrated powerfully in these first five chapters of the Gospel of John, Jesus never assumes that he knows what you want, even though he already does. He asks you the question. And we saw that powerfully last week when Jesus was addressing the the paralytic on the mat, do you want to get well? So Jesus asked the question, it's never meant to be harsh, it's never meant to be demeaning, but he's trying to clarify and he wants to hear from us, what are you looking for? What do you want? So get the tone of that. And what I love when they say, we just want to see where you're staying, which is another way of saying, we want to spend some time with you. Look at his reply Come and see. Come and see. And that's really been the tone of what we've looked at, kind of conversation after conversation in these first five chapters. And and I want you to stop and think about this. I want you to kind of clear your brain for a minute and ask yourself this question. What would it be like if the God-man, the long-expected Messiah, the Savior of the world, has just invited you to spend the afternoon with him? I want you to ask yourself, what would you ask him? I want you to ask yourself, what would you want to tell him? I want you to ask yourself, how would you feel about being in his presence, being that close?
While we don't have the unique privilege of having this kind of physical interaction with Jesus today, we are invited by him still to come close and to see. And that's a powerful thing to stop and process. And over the last five chapters of John, these are the kinds of things we've seen, we've interacted with. We've seen his patience. When, he, when both the learned and the simple, I think of the power of seeing in chapter three, Nicodemus, you must be born again? What, what on earth could that mean? So to the learned, they don't have a clue what Jesus is talking about, but to the simple, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and she's like, where can I get this water that doesn't make me have to keep coming back to this well every day? Right over both their heads, but the point is, Jesus is patient in the process, never makes them feel small. We see his power demonstrated in what was lacking. He's at a a wedding ceremony, and there's no more wine for the guests. And Jesus says the miraculous, providing what wasn't there. But we also see Jesus' power in what was limited. And this man that we looked at last week had been laying on this mat for 38 years. Jesus' power intersects with his weakness. We see Jesus' calling. Remember uh, when Bill was preaching in John chapter 4, and what does he say to his disciples? Look, the fields are ripe. Look, the harvest is about to happen. Maybe even as the Samaritans from this village who'd heard this woman's story are literally walking out to him, we see Jesus' call to continue to bring this great news of the gospel to people who, just like we needed it, still need it today. And we've seen, we've seen powerfully through these first five chapters, Jesus' grace and truth. We saw that from the beginning in chapter one. Jesus came full, not just 50-50, not just mostly grace and a little truth, full, 100%, 100% of grace and truth. And we see the way that he continues to demonstrate the unmerited kindness of God to people while continuing to talk about and show The true reality, that's what truth is. It's just simply opening our heads and our hearts to what is truly real, the kind of reality that God lives in all the time. Not our versions of truth, but simply truth. Our ongoing hope throughout this series has not just been limited to the fact that our hope that you would be interacting, that you would be hearing this great news and these concepts of Jesus and his conversations with these people. Our hope is that you not only will have come close to the Savior, but that you've responded to his invitation. During the course of these last 12 weeks, that as you've been face-to-face with this Jesus, that it hasn't just been interesting, but it's been provocative. It's been moving. It's actually moved you to action. Things like embracing the love Embracing the God-so-loved-the-world kind of love that Jesus came to bring. This is the essence of who God is, the essence of how Jesus is interacting with people, and the essence of what he invites you to know and respond to. That you would, like the disciples, pay attention to the things that he's saying, the things that he's doing around you, and responding by following him. And that you would, like John the baptizer, you would recognize that he must increase and you must become less. These are all some of the takeaways, some of the applications of what we've been looking at over these last 12 weeks together. 
So what we're going to do in just a few moments, we'll have another song in just a minute. But what we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to come forward, invite you who are watching to join the chat, invite you who are out on the pavilion, jump into the chat, and just take a minute and share with us, share with our community kind of what it is that has happened as Jesus has invited you close, to share with our, our church family what it's been like to respond to that invitation over the last 12 weeks. It doesn't have to be something overly um, powerful and dynamic. It can be very simple, but it keeps coming back to what am I doing with the invitation that Jesus is making? Take a look up at the screen. This is the prompt that we're going to use for our time together. Over the course of our Beckon series, looking at John 1 through 5 together, we've seen Jesus invite people close to know him and the Father. How has he been inviting you closer to him over the course of this series, and how have you responded? That's what we're going to be focusing on. I even, in my midweek video, asked some people to send in some emails just to have the same opportunity if they weren't going to be able to join us today, and we have a few of those to share with you as well. And if coming up to one of these two microphones is a challenge for you, I'll have a handheld, and I can, if you just wave me down, I'll come to where you are as well during that sharing time. But we just want to make it very accessible. We'll be reading some of the um, examples from the chat as well to make sure that everyone feels very included in that. One of the things of our refreshed vision that the elders have been sharing over the last month or so has been this idea of corporate prayer. We, this passage that's really driving our vision comes from Romans 15, and, and Paul begins, May the God, it's a, it's a prayer for this church that gathers at Rome. And so one of the things that we've said is that we want to reemphasize how important it is that we not just pray, but we pray together in community. So this morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted us to read a prayer together. It's a prayer that might be familiar to you. It's a prayer of the Puritans, a particular one called the Valley of Vision. But I thought it was really powerful as I was reading over it and looking for some sort of a corporate way we could respond to God together today. And as I was reading it over, it was powerful because all of us can relate to the type of valley that the pandemic has caused, whether it's been physical for you, whether it's been economic, whether it's been relational, whether it's been emotional, whether it's been spiritual, whether it's been all of those, we have all been deeply affected in multiple ways during this last year. And so my encouragement to you is as you read this, this prayer is written from the valley. It's written from being in a low place, but recognizing the power, the grace, the love of Jesus and that's the Jesus that we've been getting to know better and better over the last 12 weeks. So I feel like this prayer was incredibly appropriate for us. And I want it to be our prayer of response to him today. So we're going to put it up on the screen one slide at a time. Let's just read it aloud together. And as we do, do more than read. Consider the words. Let this be your prayer today to the Jesus who invites you close. Let's read it. Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, Thou hast brought me to the valley of vision, where I live in the depths, but see thee in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart. 
that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. Lord, in the daytime, stars can be seen from the deepest wells, and the deeper the wells, the brighter thy stars shine. Let me find thy light in my darkness, thy life in my death, thy joy in my sorrow, thy grace in my sin, thy riches in my poverty, thy glory in my valley. Amen.
ahead and take a seat. All right. So we're going to give you an opportunity uh, to share. I'm going to turn these mics around that way like that is so you, they can, you can actually see people, and which you might not want to do, but they want to see you. But we're going to give you a chance if you'd like to come down and share of just kind of something that God has impressed upon you during this last series. We'd love for you to have an opportunity to do that. Like I said, we'll be reading a little bit from what's going on in the chat and from some emails that we received as well. But would anyone be willing? It's always the hard part, right? Going first, like, coming down if so. Yeah. And when you come into the mic, you're welcome to take off your mask to be able to do that so we can hear you. Thank you, Todd, for the opportunity. Um, My wife and I have been able to uh, uh, come to Redlands, and we really appreciate the opportunity. But one thing we miss is, uh, is being closer to the Word. And I found that through the men's group here, a Bible study led by John Nash. And uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning, you talked about before sunrise. Yes. And um, it's really, truly been a blessing. And through that, uh, I've been able to reconnect with the Gideons um, uh, because I left my camp uh, because it basically disbanded because of COVID. But um, it's truly been a blessing, and uh, I feel that Uh, God has uh, allowed us that opportunity. Thank you. Good. Someone else? John. So in my work as a physician, I often uh, have people coming to me seeking an answer to the ailments that they are suffering from, and most of the time they gratefully accept you know, the advice I give them, but unfortunately there's a certain subset of people that for whatever reason um, don't wish to hear the, the, the answer I have to offer, and uh, that can be frustrating. I think that's true of a lot of us. We sort of get stuck in a rut that's either physical or emotional that prevents us from you know, accepting the advice that's offered to us. And so I think that's the words of Jesus to the paralytic at the Bethesda pool was, you know, do you want to be cured resonated so much with me? And that would be my prayer for myself and for all of us and the people that we know that, um, that uh, you know, we would be released from these ruts that we're in and that the emotional and physical ruts, but more importantly, the spiritual ruts that we're in that the Holy Spirit would release people from that rut so that when they are offered the salvation that Christ represents, they will answer, yes, Jesus, I want to be cured. Thank you, John. We've got that other mic working now, too, by the way, so either side. Thank you, John. My name's Charles, and I have my beautiful wife, Sally. We were just married. 
So one of the things I've really gotten out of the series is how important community is and fellowship. And one of the practices when back in the 70s when I was going to Trinity uh, Presbyterian was after each service, we would invite someone new to our home. And that by doing that, like what Jesus said to the two disciples that asked him, you know, where are you staying? And he said, well, come and see. And he, and he stayed there for quite some time. And that's the way that I think is so important in community that we get to know each other is invite people to our homes to be able to talk one-on-one, -on -one, to share each other's stories, and to build each other up in Christ. There's no such thing as solo Christianity. This series has been a wonderful experience for me. When you, Todd, talked about Jesus coming into the pool of the Sesda, he looked at that, at that person and he just asked, do you want to be healed? That's the question I've been going through this week. I do want to be healed of the hurts in the background. And you know what? Jesus just healed him. He didn't make him confess. Thank you. Someone else? Give you an opportunity, we won't belabor it, but we wanna give you an opportunity to share if there's been something that's been helpful to you in this series. Can I come to you, Miriam? Yeah. I've got one that was written in from Neva Cole. She says, I have enjoyed and benefited by this series by making sure there are less distractions and more opportunities to be quiet. And as God invites me, I also invite him. That's awesome. Marianne. In John, we talked about... Um, how Jesus, how the influencers like Nicodemus came to Jesus and how Jesus would seek out the least of, of us. He would go to the paralytic man. And it just shows us that, you know, in our sinfulness, we are, we are all that paralytic man and we need that help. And Jesus seeks us out for those things. We are all loved by Jesus. And we should also view each other with love because we are all worthy of Christ's love. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Good. Thank Another you. one written in. Melody Rose said, during this series, I think I have had to seriously continue with walking by faith and not by sight. I have been counting my blessings and bringing my requests to God often. I don't know about you, that's how I feel too. Walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. 
Bill, are you getting any in the chat at all that you want to share? Yeah, so um, Christine says, I feel that through this series, I have learned how truly compassionate Jesus was and how he reaches out to the lowest of us with nothing but true love. Go ahead, Daryl. Ladies first. <laughs> I'm Daryl. Um, last week, when Todd, when you spoke on the the man on the on the mat, I have all week savored what the meaning of that is. When t when you walked with the with your cot underneath your arm, and to practice learning to live in the knowledge of God's forgiveness. Um, and that poem that, or that prayer that we read, uh, um, the, the greatest appreciation is when we realize the depth of our sin and that he forgave it. Um, it's just something I'm trying to integrate into my attitudes and thinking and my life. The other thing I want to thank the Lord, other than Todd's preaching, is for the pastoral ministry that I have observed and received from Sherry Skubik. It is amazing how I savor the nourishment of her attitude and her comments as she visited with me and my wife in our home. So I thank all you and the rest of the staff for that. Thank you. Hi, I'm Brittany. Uh, I second that with the Scubics. Um, I've had the opportunity to co-lead a group uh, with the women's ministries for the semester called Discerning the Voice of God. And we meet at John and Sherry's and it's been so transformational, probably the one of the most um, impactful Bible studies that I've ever been a part of. Um, and in that, uh, the last couple of years, I've been waking up several times, um, somewhere around 5.15 to 6 a.m. in the morning, and I'm like, um, God, my alarm didn't go off. I'm not getting up. Um, but over the course of this time and doing this study, um, I realized, hey, I think that's maybe the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you, you've been praying about time to, to spend with me in the midst of your busy work-life schedule and social calendar and all of that. Um, get up. <laughs> um, and not in a condemning way, but in a, I'm giving this to you. You may not need the rest you think that you do. You need rest for your soul. So get up at 5.15, get up at 5.30, um, and I'm willingly setting my alarm at this point to spend time with him, and it's been so transformational. Um, so I don't know what it looks like for you guys, what time of day you might spend with the, with the Lord, um, but I just encourage you to, to be on location with him, whatever your location and time might look like. Why don't we read a couple more from our maybe emails and chat, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. If you, have, if you want to come up and share, come up to the mic. All right. I have uh, one from YouTube and one from Facebook. C.E. Lucier says, we're new to this church, trying to build community. This sermon series has really comforted me to know that I belong in Jesus, and there are like-minded people here who love him. 
it's comforting as we get to know y'all here. And then, and, and then Kelly uh, Honey shares, I remember the message about the man on the mat. I was born with hydrocephalus and I had club feet. I had to learn how to walk using braces on my legs post head surgery when I was 13 months old. I went to be with the doctor and he couldn't believe what he saw. I walked and talked in front of him and his jaw dropped in amazement. It was back in November of 1989. I have a necklace from one of my favorite Christian bands and it has the year 1989 on a coin. You might have seen it on me. But it's a reminder that we are priceless to God and the miracles of that time. Thank you, Kelly. And this is just a testimony of my own, is a few weeks ago, I was going to have the Women's Praise and Prayer Night, and I wanted it announced, and we didn't have time for that. So instead, I had to think creatively, so I started running around to the women in, in the audience outside. We weren't inside the church yet. And as I ran around to women, I found one gal that hadn't been here before, and I asked her how she got here. She came from her daughter who was up in Washington. She said, come to this church, it's open. So during the service, Pastor Todd gave a clear message of salvation. And before the service, I said to her, are you a seeker or are you a Christ follower? And she said, I guess a seeker. By the end of the service, I went over and she prayed to receive Jesus Christ as her personal savior. So. What I loved is my pride would have said, well, what do you mean you're not gonna announce it? And then in that moment of humility, just thinking, how can I creatively do this? And God met her exactly where she needed to be met that day. Mm. All right. You guys, it's been rich. And my hope is, is that even like in your home groups and other different opportunities that you have, maybe it's a little bit uh, scary, come up in front and talk to people wearing masks, uh, that's fine. But we wanna create opportunities at least for you to continue to process, God, what have you been doing in my life during this series? How do you want me to respond to your invitation to come close? And that's really a, a huge thing for us. We're gonna continue uh, with song. And uh, on the other side of that, I think we have baptisms coming up shortly. So let's go ahead once you stand with us and we'll continue to worship. <laughs> 